follow the script and trust the process. Y'all, if we had a dollar for every time we were told this, every time we've seen it in the Facebook group, every time we've said this to someone else, y'all, we would have so many bucks. And today we want to talk about what does that mean when we say those words? Words have meaning. What does it mean when we say follow the script? What does it mean when we say trust the process? What does it not mean? And because those words are so widely used and have so many different interpretations and meanings attached to them, I thought it'd be helpful for us to unpack what we might want to say instead. Moving forward, let's discuss. Greetings, colleagues and friends. Cambria Evans here, the teaching and learning EMDR consultant. And y'all know when I get confused about something or I see some confusion, I bring you into the podcast space because this is where we get to think and learn together with our clinical reasoning brains. And if you resonate with today's topic, I imagine you have been told to follow the script and trust the process. I imagine you've even internalized that language and told other people to do the same. And today I want to unpack this question of like, what are we saying? <laughs> what do those words mean? And what has been interesting now as an EMDR consultant is what I've come to realize is that those words mean very different things to different people. So wouldn't it be awesome if we all, when we said the same words, meant the same thing? Y'all, we would have so many less fights, conflicts, <laughs> misinterpretations, right? Oh my gosh, there'd be no need for couples therapy. But this is part of the work we do as humans is to figure out how to be clear and how we communicate, especially when we are in a position of teaching or advising others. And I understand that in basic trainings or even advanced trainings, uh, in consultation, people are told, follow the script and trust the process. But if we as learners, if we as clinicians take responsibility for understanding what that might mean and understanding how to clarify what to do when we're confused about what that means with our specific cases, maybe we could all rest a little easier and, and feel a little safer and more ethical. So let's unpack this. Follow the script. Oh, you know, I just... Could you imagine if there was a script <laughs> that we could follow that would make everything work out? Oh my gosh. I honestly, thinking about other parts of my life, this just doesn't exist. <laughs> but I would love a script. I would love a script to be a mom. I would love a script to be a wife. I would love a script to be a teacher. I would just, I would just love to know if I read this thing or followed this thing, everything's going to be all right. And I'm doing it okay. And I want to acknowledge the part of us that is so drawn to this idea, right? If I follow the script, it's all going to work out. And what has become so interesting for me as an EMDR consultant is that looking back to myself, uh, going through my basic training and certification and then becoming a consultant, supporting other basic trainings. What's become so interesting is that there is not one script, right? If, you, if you've been basic trained, you know one script because you were given a script in basic training and you were told to, to hold it 
and read it as you practice, right, with your colleagues. And the positive intention of that exercise, right, is that you understand the instructions. You understand how EMDR works. And being able to go through the eight phases of EMDR with some kind of script, right, some some specific words written out for you, right? Oh, I'm the clinician. Okay, I say this during phase two. Oh, I'm the clinician. I say this during phase three target setup. Doesn't that feel good? And and I'm so grateful that basic trainings provide a script that they give people instructions. And isn't EMDR, well, first of all, just the most magical therapy I've ever seen, but second of all, isn't EMDR such a beautifully, um, not it's creative, but it's also a very structured process, okay? And that gives a lot of us a sense of where we are in the process. It gives us an anchor. It gives us a map. It gives us so many important things. Um, and the fact that Francine Shapiro was able to do that for us as clinicians and even really to do that for the, the clients is so unique to EMDR and so... Gorgeous, really. I, I can't think of many other therapeutic modalities uh, or processes that have that kind of structure in place for us. So, with all of that being said, I, I want to acknowledge the positive intention. But here's what here's what's interesting. Here's what happens next. We get that script in basic training. We practice it with our colleagues in basic training. Oftentimes, those exercises, practicing on each other, they go really well. And we're like, oh my God, EMDR is amazing, right? We have a positive experience. Or as the client, we we see our colleague reading the script and walking us through the eight phases of EMDR. And then we go out and we, and we take the script and we, and we practice with our clients, right? And hopefully in your basic training, you're being instructed to practice with what I call low-hanging fruit clients, right? It's the clients that you already have a good relationship with, the clients who don't have too much complex trauma, the clients who aren't going to have like high levels of dissociation or too many parts that are going to come in and kind of derail the the eight-phase process. And we read the script with our clients and it's like, builds our confidence, right? And then so over time, we have these drills, right? These are educational drills where we, we take the script and we read it. And eventually what happens? We start to internalize the script, right? We notice as time goes on, the more we do EMDR, we don't have to pull out that piece of paper, right? Now, full disclosure, y'all, I still have my basic script, my basic training script in my notepad <laughs> because I just like to know it's there, right? I just like to know it's there in case I need to just kind of check in and orient myself to the process of the eight phases, right? If I if I have a memory blip or if I just if I have a question in consultation with my consultees, I like to just have that script there to refer to, okay? But I don't pull it out anymore. I don't have to, right? So what's so interesting is that we have this security, this comfort, this the structure, and it's such it's so beautiful. It allows us to do this really powerful therapy for our clients and it feels so good. It feels amazing. And then what happens? Well, maybe you're going into a certification group. And maybe in that certification group, your consultant is helping you learn standard protocol right? And maybe what you'll start to notice getting certified is that your colleagues in your certification group were given different scripts, right? They still learn the eight phases of EMDR, 
but maybe their basic training curriculum had some different language, right? I see this as a consultant when I'm certifying people or helping them become an approved consultant. I was, I had this, I had this really naive moment I want to share where I was just like, why are people giving me these transcripts, whether they're written transcripts to review or audio transcripts to review or video transcripts to review? How is there so much variation in what people are saying during the eight phases of EMDR? And I had to check myself as a consultant, again, from a place of being naive, from a place of thinking the script I was given in my basic training was the, was the script, was the script everyone got. And I had to check myself as a consultant and seek my own consultation because I was seeing my consultees saying different things. Now, the, the eight phases is the eight phases, right? We know that. There's not much. There's not much uh, to misinterpret there. That's something that we can count on. I remember I was looking at a consultee's video with her um, in a Zoom meeting, and she was getting certified, and she was taught to say something different at the end of a set than I was taught in my basic training. Right? She was taught to do a somatic instruction. And then a cognitive instruction, right? She was taught to say something like, and I'm paraphrasing, take a breath. So giving this person a somatic instruction about breathing and blank it out. And when I heard this, I, I stopped her and I said, "What? explain to me why you're saying this. And her response was, this is the script from my basic training. And I saw these moments happen over and over again And I realized, oh, we all have different scripts. And the differences are fairly subtle, but not always. Because for the way I was trained in my basic training, I was clinically, in my clinical reasoning brain, curious about why we would have somebody have a a set of processing in phase four with, with their bilaterals going, pause that bilateral, stop, check in, why we would then take them from whatever experience they're in, tell them to breathe, which is a somatic kind of interjection in in their process, and then tell them to blank something out before we checked in. I was very curious about this. It seemed from the way I was taught that it was interfering with the way that I learned EMDR, right? And so when I shared with my consultee in this exchange, the way I had learned it, she was really curious about that way. And all of these subtle differences at the end of the day, are they important? That's what we're talking about today, right? Because I don't think we realize that when we tell someone to follow the script, that we're not talking about the same thing, y'all, right? We are talking about eight phases, right? We know that every basic training has been approved by Andrea, right? And Andrea is catching on to this, y'all. Andrea is actually in the process, if you don't know, of reviewing all basic trainings that are virtual. And then they will, hope, I, I imagine they're reviewing all basic training curriculums that are in person as well. Okay. Because I think Andrea caught on to the fact that as more and more people became consultants and trainers and were teaching EMDR, they were seeing more and more curriculums come in. There really has not been a standardization of a script. 
Now, if there was one, that would be really cool because then we would all have shared language, right? We'd all be saying the same thing. Oh, the script, the one script from Andrea, right? So I want to bring attention to this, not to shame anyone or make anyone feel bad or they did the wrong thing. I just want to bring to everyone's attention that we don't all have the same script and basic training. And when we say to follow it, we're not all talking about the same thing. Okay, so that's point one. There is not one script, not right now, in in uh, March of 2020, or sorry, 2022. <laughs> okay, and here's the second point about this. Even if there were one script, let's say Andrea said, here is the one script that all basic trainers with specific language need to give their consultees to say that they are basic EMDR trained. But let's imagine that happened, right? Even if there was one script, that one script, y'all, it's not going to work for every client. It's just not. It's just not. Because some clients are going to need a lot of interweaves, right? A lot of clients, most clients do if they're doing any kind of relational trauma, complex trauma. Okay. Now for single incident trauma securely attached, that client is cool with a script. That client is cool with go with that, notice that, right? They don't need much more than that typically. Okay. But I just want us to notice two things here. There is not one script. And even if there were one script, it would not work for every client. Now, why is this important? Because when we tell therapists, especially the newbies, y'all, right, who are so excited slash terrified to do EMDR, when we say this to them, we confuse them in a couple areas. And, and here's, the, I think, what was confusing for me and might be confusing for my consultees. We might be, give, we might be giving them the message that there is one script and that one script is going to work with every client. When we say, oh, just follow the script when someone's posting about something on a Facebook group, right? Hopefully this, is, this isn't happening in consultation groups. But when we say to each other, just follow the script, we're letting someone know, oh, we're talking about the same thing. And that's going to work for every client. Y'all, that's not true. There's, there's no way there could be a script whether it's the same script or we have a bunch of different scripts, there's no way that we can know that a script, something we're literally reading and not even using like our clinical relational skills, right? That that is going to work for every client. Now, I wish there was a script that worked for every client, but that does not exist, right? We do know, what we do know is that the eight phases work for most clients, right? The eight phases of EMDR have been researched and verified, and there's so much evidence to show clinically how powerful those eight phases are, okay? So maybe instead of follow the script, could you imagine saying to therapists instead, follow the eight phases? Because we know the eight phases, right? We know what those are. And, and hopefully, in basic training, people are learning about interweaves with complex clients. They're hopefully learning about how to, dis, how to screen for dissociation and also work, for, work with what happens when our client becomes dissociative or out of the window of tolerance during phase four, 
right? We hopefully know how to do more preparation in phase two with resourcing if we need to and and do phase two as needed throughout. Like we know that these phases aren't always linear, okay? So maybe even instead of follow the phases, maybe it's utilize the eight phases. (laughs) Maybe we're not even following them in a linear way, okay? So maybe being more clear about what we mean because we have a good intention, right? We want people to use EMDR. We want them to feel less worried and less scared. Of course we do. If we understand the magic and the power of EMDR, we want everyone to experience that, clinicians and clients, right? But I worry about what happens when we set up this idea, especially for a new EMDR therapist, y'all, that if they just follow the script, that everything's going to be okay. Because here's what can happen. And if you're a consultant, maybe you've seen this. If you are a clinician, maybe you've felt this. I know I have on both sides, right? If we have this idea that we're just supposed to follow the script, but the script doesn't work, right? If something happens and then the script does not then offer us a solution to the stuckness, to the ab reaction, to the whatever's happening relationally, right? then our trust and faith in a script deteriorates. And I believe, based on what I've seen with consultees and in my other, you know, my own consult groups, I believe that this sense of the script doesn't work leads to clinicians not using EMDR. Right? Well, here I have the script, I'm reading it, and we're and nothing's happening or it's not working or This is where I feel sad about the idea of people imagining that a script is going to be what they need to figure things out with clients. And then when the script doesn't work, they stop trying. Wouldn't it be fantastic if instead of saying, follow the script, we actually have with our clinical reasoning brain a conversation and we say, hey, you know what? Those eight phases... They're powerful. They're amazing. And you might not always use them in a linear way with every client, right? You might be in phase four and something might pop up. You might have to go back to some phase two preparation. That's okay, right? That's a different clinical reasoning conversation than if you read this script, you'll be okay or the client will be okay. This sets us up for failure as clinicians even though the positive intention is there. Okay. Let's talk about this phrase, trust the process. I mean, if I could put that on a t-shirt, that could be a tagline for living, right? <laughs> just, just trust the process, right? <laughs> because what that brings up for people cognitively, emotionally, spiritually, is like there's this idea that we can relax, surrender, fall into what's happening, even if we don't understand it. Isn't that comforting? I I personally have that belief in my spiritual life, and I've really had to lean into that. My gosh, during the last couple of years of COVID, I've really had to lean into, okay, I can surrender a little bit. I'm being humbled. I'm being, I'm, I'm being challenged. I feel lost. I feel confused. But even though I don't understand something in this process I'm in, 
it's going to be okay. We can trust it. I can't think of more nurturing, comforting words, truly. So we can all agree, right, that these words, trust the process, are definitely from a positive place, 100%. It feels good to say it to someone. It feels good to hear it. Okay. So what does that mean when it comes to EMDR, to trust the process? So I think that, again, words have meaning and and these meanings are powerful, y'all. Okay. What process are we trusting? I think that what we are talking about here is the AIP model, right? We can trust this adaptive information processing model that Francine gave us, right? Where we get to trust and believe that the brain, the system, the mind, the the soul wants to adaptively learn, integrate, update narratives to live in now in a more adaptive, peaceful, calm, desensitized state, right? We can trust the process of the client, that the client has an AIP model just like we do, that is working to have things be more adaptive, right? That is adaptively processing information to help, to help. This is literally the foundation of parts work, right? So many people have taught parts work. I'm just going to go off on a tangent here, right? We know that that Fritz Perls uh, and Gestalt, like we know there's like the OG of parts work. And then we have, you know, IFS and we have ego states and we have, I mean, all these kind of variations. But we have known for decades, right? That there is this idea that all parts of us, even if we don't understand how or why, are trying to help us in some way with their own positive intention. Okay. It's the same message, I believe, with trust the process, trust the AIP model. Even if it looks like the client is getting worse before they get better, even if the client is just riding the edge of that window of tolerance the whole time in phase four and keeps popping out, that's okay. The AIP model is working. You don't have to work super hard because the AIP model is working and you can trust that process, right? And there are EMDR therapists who've been doing EMDR much longer than I have, right? And I will tell you from the thousands of EMDR sessions I have done, this is always true. This is always true, right? Now, keep in mind, I do not work with clients with schizophrenia or severe mental illnesses, right? But in people that don't have those severe mental illnesses and they're chemically, you know, biologically, the AIP model's working for them, we don't have to work so hard because it's always it's always online. Okay. When people say trust the process, they might also mean trust the eight phases of EMDR, which is also a beautiful message, right? And just to add an, a caveat to that, those phases are not always linear. We don't necessarily always go one through eight, right? As we as we mentioned. Trust the process might be might mean just something bigger, like trust the process between client and therapist, that relationship, that container, 
that reparative space that's happening in the relationship, okay? Y'all, we will never be replaced by robots unless they have, you know, amazing robots (laughs) much after I've passed away. But right now, we will never be replaced by robots because the relationship of doing EMDR is part of the process, isn't it? Right? So trust the process can mean trust the AIP model. It can mean trust the eight phases, although they're not always linear. Okay? And it can mean just trust the process between client and clinician. What I want to say is that trust the process does not mean (laughs) trust the script, as in don't rely on the script, right, for every client. My hope is that in basic training, people are having conversations about this so that they're not set up for being disappointed or surprised or confused or feeling like, heaven forbid, like they failed, that they're a failure because there there is a message of like, well, I am trusting the process and I am reading the script and it's not working. And that is a very defeated, stuck place for a therapist to be. And, and is probably the reason why I believe a lot of therapists get trained in EMDR and never use it. They never even use it. And that, that to me just feels like the biggest waste and the biggest sadness when I when I hear about this, okay? So instead of follow the script, what if we were to say, utilize the eight phases, right? Or follow the phases, but they're not always linear. And instead of saying, trust the process, let's, let's put some nuanced language on that and say, you can trust the process of the AIP model, right? Or you can trust the process of the eight phases of EMDR, or you can trust the process between client and therapist relationally. Words have meaning. Words are powerful. Words are magical, right? And when we are a consultant or a trainer or a mentor, our words have impact and a ripple effect beyond what we could even imagine. And we talked about this in the podcast I recently did with Dr. Mara Tesler-Stein. We talked about how people pass on information, kind of like a game of telephone. (laughs) And that information becomes modified or parts get left out or things become vague or unclear. And it's funny when we play the game of telephone, right? In the circle passing words around through whispers that what comes out on the other side is often not what was initially said. And so I think it's really important that we pause and have these conversations about what these words mean that were given to us by mentors and consultants, uh, what they mean to us now and how we are communicating the meaning of those words uh, to future generations of EMDR clinicians. So I hope this is a helpful thing for us to think about together. I really value you allowing me to be in your ear as someone that you trust. Uh, It's so much fun to think through these things together isn't it? And it's and it's a blast for me to come on here and talk about things I'm noticing, things I did wrong, things I'm learning, because uh, I want to do it with you. I want to do it with you. I, I want everyone to have mentors, teachers, colleagues who are transparent about how they're thinking clinically, how they're putting things together, what confuses them. And I hope that these conversations inspire you to do the same 
with your colleagues who are learning with you, um, or if you're a teacher uh, with your learners transparently. So with all that being said, y'all, it was great to spend time together. I look forward to doing it again soon. In the meantime, please stay healthy and safe. And as always, I am rooting for your success. Take care. 